0: This is simnews.tv and you're listening to the Super League Show. Hail the conquering champion of the GPVWC Super League, ladies and gentlemen. It's finally here. Rudy Van Buren is the champion of 2017. And to celebrate it, we'll look back over the race where he won his crown. Jake Sanson is here in the room once again. Alongside me is my two fantastic cohorts, Ben Willis and Casper Golodigik. Hello, boys. How are you? Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Right. So let's talk Cota. It was a very, very interesting race from the outset, starting at the top of the bill, Ben, with a few changes of driver lineup once again. Dennis Jordan returning for only the fourth time. Uh, A comeback from Lucas Euler for only his third appearance of the season and a new face in the shape of Enric
1: Andre. Yep, so uh, a few changes around the board, uh, see the most noticeable one being Eneric uh making his debut in Super League, he was he, uh, the only kernel out there uh, for the race, and uh, he, uh, he raised a few eyebrows with a, a few of his strategy choices, as uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll go on to talk about a little later. Um, other notable mentions, as you say, Dennis Jordan doing his fourth and final reserve race for Adonis, so if they want to keep him, he will have to move on to a primary contract for the last few rounds of the season. Um, Michael Galka uh, doing his second race at Mad Cape, uh, that'll be one. Uh, we'll keep an eye on to see if he does uh, any more races throughout the season. Um, and otherwise than that, it was uh, a relatively uh, normal grid. So
0: in terms of the tyres, we kind of thought this was going to be a bit normal and no major dramas, Casper, and we were pretty much spot on. No big shocks in terms of tyre changes. There was a fresh extra engine for David Fidek, which uh, took him a back-of-the-grid penalty. Uh, David Francich, meanwhile, surprised quite a few people because he decided to go into a race that is very heavy on power, with a 20% lifespan power unit. Was he mad, stupid, or a genius, Casper?
2: Well, to be fair, it, I think all of them combined. And <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to frantic he technically is classified at the end of the race. Yes, he was. So, so maybe there is a method to his madness. Who knows? Um, either way, it was a mad choice, and... It, it could. I'm not sure if maybe his he just hasn't had a choice for more engines and decided. Well, I may as well use up this engine. And maybe he didn't feel strong enough on this track, so he just thought I may as well use up this engine and maybe get a bog uh, for a new engine, but I have as much power as I can for a next one. I'm not entirely sure what his situation is right now, but um, I think that's not the. Uh, maybe it's just uh, his strategy, or it's just a random thing. However, uh, with the tires, as you said, there's no big shock. We have had, uh, as far as I know, all, pretty much all teams if all, I think all teams took uh, these three self compounds as per usual. Uh, as we have seen in previous rounds, you can get really burned if you try to uh, try to go in any other way, kind of like um, a vadball uh, has gotten burnt in Singapore. So I, I think it's, it's fair to say that teams have just settled into. I think everybody is just going to take the stuff to street tires for the rest of the season,
0: to be honest. So obviously we went into qualifying knowing that David Feidick was going to start from the back of the grid, which would pretty much impede any major chance he had of going for the championship, taking it to the next round of the championship in Mexico away from Rudy van Buren. So uh, that would basically give us a bit of a problem as far as he was concerned. He missed qualifying completely, decided to conserve the car's energy. Rudy van Buren getting a pole position time. Uh, initially a four tenths of a second he asked for his fastest two lap times to be docked due to uh, uh, corner cuts so uh, he still ended up a good two tenths of a second ahead of one Alex Cooper, interesting to see him on the front row this time Ben
1: Yeah, good, um, really good lap from Alex Cooper uh, made that Hawkeye which has been you know, sort of that third or fourth best car uh, over the sort of the last few rounds, he made that car look really good out there, really hooked up just couldn't quite match Rudy um, but you know Otherwise, a stunning, stunning lap there for Alex Cooper. Other shout-outs, uh, Alex Siebel before.
0: Oh, yeah. Yet
1: again, showing he's really in tune with that, that Adonis car. Um, and as I've said a few times, i would be very surprised not to see him in Super League next year.
0: It makes a lot of sense, though, for Alex Siebel, surely, to be looking at maybe a full-time drive for the rest of the yes. season. If well, I don't know what Fran Lopez is up to. If he's not available, surely get Alex Siebel in the car for the remainder of the season, because he is absolutely flying. Flo Gaia, third on the grid. Gergo Baldi and Jal picking up the third row of the grid together. Risto Capit, Casper, seventh position. Nearly a second off the pace of Rudy Van Buren. Should he be worried right now? I'm not it.
2: It looks. It doesn't look good, does it? And it seems like that uh, Vodbulkar car is not as fast anymore, uh, comparatively to everybody else as we have seen at the beginning of the season. So all the teams are closing in on each other, and now if you're not on pace, uh, like Risto wasn't here, you're just not going to be as close. But also, as far as I know, that wasn't even the place where Risto even started from. Uh, Risto actually started from twelfth. So maybe perhaps knowing that he had a penalty of some kind, uh, he may have opted. I, I haven't been paying enough attention to his tires, but maybe he tried something different. I, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, Risto starting from 12th place. I mean, that's that's catastrophic for a driver who has who is in the same car as the top driver of this, yeah. this
0: season. Absolutely. I mean, okay, he started 12th because of a five place grid penalty, but that still put him down in seventh without that. That's a real problem, especially seeing as how he's now in a fight for second place in the driver's championship. So we go into the race and it's all about one man and that man is RVB, Rudy Van Buren. He basically decided, right, I'm going to win this championship and I'm going to win it at a counter The race was never, ever going to get away from him. And in fact, Right when he needed it, it was pretty much his most dominant performance of the
1: season, I'd say. By the exit of Turn 1, he checked out from the rest of the field. It was just yeah. absolutely insane uh, showing of you know talent, of speed. Um, I think the only times he sort of fell back into the pack was purely at pit stops. Um, otherwise, he was just hot lapping every lap, pulling a massive gap. He ended up winning by 40 seconds over Florent Gaia, which is just utter dominance
0: mind um, you mind you he did have that rather hairy scare coming into the pit lane that could have ended things it rather <laughs> horrifically couldn't that it? is that is
1: very true it's a really tough pit lane coming in here at austin we we'll, um as sure as we'll uh mention a little later on a few other people um came a bit of a cropper on the entry there um but a- apart from that minor blip it was just absolute dominance um he looked so at home in that car um and took the title with absolute ease and he you know, 10th win of the season, he did it in pure style.
0: At least we know he's human, I suppose. That's one way of doing it. Well, I, I, yes. I there yes! <laughs> there was evidence this season to suggest that he isn't. So it's good to get the confirmation. Right, uh, we need to speak a little bit about Vod Bull now because this was an interesting race from the Nordian point of view. Flo Gaia did everything he possibly could to stay in touch with Rudy Van Buren and just couldn't do it. But he did the best he could from there, P2. Casper. this was a race of horror for David Feider in every single way. He fought his way through from the back of the grid and he got himself into two really difficult situations through the course of the race, which just cost him so much time on a fresh engine as well. So this was a really important race for him to make good use of the fact he had a fresh engine and for whatever reason, he just ended up getting caught up in other incidents. And this is a big problem because he came home in seventh position. Not bad, but they're going to need more than that if they're going to win the Constructors' Championship. The gap has been cut in half in the Constructors' Championship now with three races to go between Vodbole and Nordsian. 13 points. That's really close. I think his second uh, second mistake
2: was far, far more impactful because he was already yeah. up a lot higher and to be honest, uh, falling down from, I think it was fourth at the time, down to seventh or thereabouts, it's just, <sighs> for Fidok, that's a catastrophic. Um, but And again, as you said, Nordstrom needs to do better. And Fidok, it's so weird to see him struggle. Usually he is called Mr. Consistency for a good reason. He just doesn't make these mistakes. What? I, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Just a lapse of judgment, kind of a one one off bad you know, bad race. However, it could just be that it's just so much uh, pressure that that have been put on him to start from the back and do well. That you know he is human after all, and I think we're discovering that uh, about pretty much any racer here is human and they can make mistakes. So we just they, so you know uh, if they push hard enough, uh, you definitely see the cracks showing through. Uh, so.
0: So what are we going to see then in these last three rounds of the championship? Well, I can see both of the Vodball drivers, Risto Capet and Rudy Van Buren taking fresh engines. Flo Gaia probably will as well. Uh, there's going to be quite a few back markers though, Ben, in particular, the likes of Green Stripes Racing, maybe Stormfighter, possibly even Kurnow will save money and risk an old engine. I mean, let's look at the fact that David Franchich did his 20% engine race distance. So it's possible to do it, but is it counterproductive to do it? Or is it, you know, the only option for some of those smaller teams hoping to still be on the grid next year?
1: Uh, it's, it's a risk. Um, it does cost to take a fresh engine, obviously. Um, if, I think Bobble and Norton is a given that, that Gaia, Van Buren and Risto will take a new engine. That seems to be a given. It's a general consensus. So at some point, they're going to be back at the grid. Um, now, if a marker was to gamble on a, on a slightly worn engine, may not get to the end, but it can give it, you know, a really good go. They're suddenly going to be further towards the front of the grid, and they could actually get some really good points out of this. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's a gamble worth taking personally. With three races to go, um, you're saving a bit of cash, you can pump into next year's car, um, and there's, you know, the chance of more points on the table by having a better qualifying position. So. I think it would be a wise choice for for a couple of the back market teams, you know, the likes of Green Stripes, the likes of now, maybe just to uh, just to just to roll the dice on it and, and see what happens. Really.
2: However, I I'll just quickly counteract that as well with uh, having to say yes, it will give them possibly a higher starting position, but I think what will happen is they'll have to run a lot lower boost uh, and generally settings try to preserve the engine, hopefully keeping sure. it from. Uh, you know, from basically lo- uh, losing all points rather than just uh, getting lower points. So honestly, I have a feeling like it's it's a gamble and you just have to weigh uh, weigh out positives versus negatives. But there's still, uh, I, I honestly think that it's it's a lot deeper in that sense because sometimes you will do better just starting from the back of the grid, being able to push the engine to its maximum capacity rather than starting, even if you start higher up in a slower car,
0: and you just cannot do anything once they come near you on a straight. It's a good point. It's a good argument. Uh, let's talk just outside those big two then, Nordsian and Vodball Valtas, the automotive team. They did a cracking job, to be fair. It was not an easy race. Both Tyrant and Gergo Baldi were pushed to their limits throughout the race, which obviously resulted in Gergo Baldi making that little mistake into the pits. That kind of ruined his race to a certain degree, and because of the way the ebb and flow, the pit stops worked, it kind of impacted on Jarl Tyan's a little bit as well, which was a shame because Jarl Tyan had a genuinely good chance to be on the podium, eventually caught by Risto Caput. They gambled again on strategy, but it's great because Valtors, whatever they're doing, Ben, is clearly working because they've now pulled away from the likes of Adonis and Hawkeye and Mad Cape in the Constructors' Championship. They have a genuine chance to seal this third place.
1: Yeah, I, I was really impressed, actually, by by the Wouters team. P4 and P5 is is not an easy ask. Um, and it's a nice sort of welcome return to form after, you know, if we look before Japan, you know, there was some really patchy runs of form from the guys, you know, there's the odd DNF, who's, you know, 8th, ninth places, that kind of thing, there wasn't really that big point scoring drive, um, but now, you know, Japan with Tyen scoring a third place, and here we've got P4 and P5 for Tyen and and, uh, Valdi respectively. I think it's a really good result for the team. You know, it's their second season in Super League, and they've they've really improved this season. Um, they've really shown that they can fight at the front. They can be there or thereabouts. Okay, they're not quite at Vodbo Northern in level, but they are, you know, knocking on the door there. Um, and I, I think they will be a team to watch next season. I think they could really, you know, hone in over the winter. They could really challenge and cause some trouble for, for the top two.
0: Right. There are two teams I want to get into a little bit here. Casper. let's look at Adonis, first of all. Alex Siebel, incredible qualifying session. Kind of tailed off a little bit, though. Just didn't quite have the race pace. Is that inexperience in this car? I mean, is that just one of those things? It's a tough circuit. It's a tough track. You need to have raw pace on the straights. He didn't seem to have that for a lot of the race. And do we think that his performances so far are still enough to earn him a drive at Adonis next year? Should they sign him? Oh, I think
2: absolutely. Uh, I think absolutely he still has earned his right for the seat next year. And uh, I mean, even the qualifying, yes, he may have tailed off in the race, but to have qualifying uh, of this, uh, like to be fairly consistent in your qualifying is still a tough ask. And to be honest, I, I think, yes, he has earned it. And um, even again, finishing eighth in a race is not still not a huge disappointment. Yes, Adonis has been a lot higher up last season all the time. But this season, again, it's been a car that's been on and off. And even here, no matter what, he still has finished uh, above his teammate, which definitely is not a bad way to go, even if it isn't Fran Lopez, you know, your usual driver. But I do think he has earned it, and I think... um, it, it was just a tough circuit. And I think and he is a driver, He even in Super Cup, I'll be honest, I he didn't look as strong as he usually does, especially in the second race. So I, I'm not actually that surprised. I think it's just a circuit that doesn't suit him.
0: Okay, the other team I want to really touch on is uh, Hawkeye. Alex Cooper, obviously starting from the front row. I thought there was going to be something magical about his drive in this race. It just kind of never happened. What is it about Alex Cooper, who always impresses in the early phase of a race, and then something just happens to him. He, he seems to have, if you broke that car in half, it would have bad luck written through it, like Blackpool Rock. It's just nothing that goes well for him. And Ben, yet again, this wasn't just disappointing for Hawkeye because Cooper had a bad result, but his teammate, Lucas Euler, I mean, he looked as though he turned up to a different circuit. That's not the Lucas Euler we expected to see.
1: It's really not what Hawkeye needed, actually, in terms of a, a championship perspective. Um, Cooper... I think it's more a case of he's really strong on the ultrasofts, especially in qualifying trim, Um, but as soon as he gets off them in the race, out of that early sort of phase of the race, just seems to struggle a little bit with that sort of mid to end race pace, Um, and we saw it here in Austin, you know, qualified second place and then sort of just faded away down to P6, nothing extremely uh, spectacular, ended up, you know, 72 seconds off Rudy Van Buren in first. It's not really where he wants to be. You know, Kai Cooper is a great driver. We've seen him, you know, be, you know, just crazy in terms of his racecraft and, and, and his his talent back in the days of, of Midnight. Um, but it just doesn't seem to be quite there at the moment. And as for Lucas Euler, I have no idea what's happening there. Um, you know, this is a uh, a double Super League champion we're talking about who just seems to have lost his mojo. Um, I'm not sure if he's struggling with R Factor Two. I'm not sure if he's struggling with the car, um, but he just seems to be nowhere in that Hawkeye, um, and that's that's really damaging for Hawkeye now, especially with with Wouters looking strong, with Adonis having a a reasonable resurgence to form over the last few rounds. Hawkeye now, you know, down in P5, they're uh, 14 points off Adonis in P4, you know, 45 points of Walters in P3. They've they've got a long way to go over three rounds and I I can't see them uh, really sort of fighting any higher.
0: Let's point out the fact that while things are tough for Hawkeye though, at least they're not currently Mad Cape because let's be fair, Mad Cape's end of the season reads like something out of the history of Andrea Moda. I mean, it's just a comedy of errors at the moment. They had one car turning up. Yes, they got points, but they finished down in 14th And we had somebody completely unannounced trying to break... Into, this is like Hans <laughs> higher in the German Grand Prix in the late 1970s <laughs> trying to get into the race when they had no business being there. I have done some investigative journalism. There is a chap on the driver market of all three championships. Okay. His, name, his name is Frank French. He is apparently Canadian and we have absolutely no idea who he is. What on <laughs> earth, Jasper, is he doing trying to invade into a race team when he hasn't even got a contract? This is bar
2: I actually have absolutely no idea what I was going with mind. to be honest. Uh, I mean it's it's ridiculous that somebody can do that in a way it that shouldn't happen. Um Maybe... Well, I mean, it's
0: hilarious. It is hilarious. He's now, well, he's hilarious because now he's, he's got, you know, he's become this fantastic icon in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now it's Frank French for president. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, Frank French was the one who took out Sebastian Vettel in, in China. All these, in Malaysia, all these conspiracy <laughs> theories have come through in the last week. It's become an inside joke. But this is surely, Casper, this is not what Mad Cape needed. They did not need to become a yeah. joke figure at the end of the season where they've been so strong.
2: No, they, it's, but then again, um, you say they were strong, but that's not entirely the case. It wasn't that they were strong, one of their drivers was strong. Yeah. One of their drivers has left the team, and he was yeah. the only driver to score points throughout the season. So I think it's quite clear that the Matt Gabe guys were relying on one driver, and we have seen that throughout the season that he was driving one of the worst cars on the grid, and he was doing so, something amazing out of it. Um, mm. And now we have, Gauka in second last, only up on a driver who has, and we'll mention that uh, later, done some extraordinary achievement with his pit stops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, I think they need to step up their game for next season because this is unacceptable to say the very least.
1: I think actually Casper's hit the nail on the head there. Um, Madcap were a one driver. You know like one great driver and they solely relied on that and it's now costing them because lee morris is you know he's he's not racing anymore turns out he's actually banned from the league now so that's mm-hmm. for completely different reasons but we won't get into that um yeah it's a real but, it's a real shame really isn't it yeah but you know i so say that's that's for 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 other things to talk about but now they're they're sort of stuck they don't really have any Anybody to turn to this late in the season, the drive market is, as we said, has been slow this year and it's even slower towards the end of the season. No one want, really wants to hop in for
0: and let's the us be fair. Round. let's be fair, this is a, a terrible time for it to happen because not only have they slipped down from third to sixth, there is actually a frightening chance that Red Archer could actually catch them. I think they can. It's genuinely possible in the last three races that they could catch them, overtake them, and leave them in the dust. I it's I don't too... think Matt
1: Kate will be on the grid next year. Actually, I think I think they've that by having only one car turn up um, last few rounds. I think they've oh. shown they don't quite have the commitment to the league that they arguably should. But let's um, be fair
0: though. There's quite there's quite a few teams we could say that about. Oh I mean, exactly.
1: There's, I, there's, I think there's going to gonna be a, a running theme over the the winter break is the amount of sort of chopping and changing in terms of different driver slots and and there's going to be quite a few team slots i think open up over the winter break and i should should i be submitting a team at this point well i think anybody's got a chance i mean
0: and i know i'm rubbish but should i be submitting a team right now there's a (laughs) there's a chance that's that's not my
1: call to make as a rival team owner Uh (laughs) i
0: I could field a couple of good drivers i reckon i could do that we'll we'll talk about that in the winter we'll talk about that (laughs) uh we do we did get a record in the uh, American Grand Prix. Do you want to know what the the record was? Most pit stops in one race this season. (laughs) We did get that. And Eric Andre, the new boy, uh, got his pit stop record uh, for the season of 11. Basically, he couldn't make any set of tyres, any set of tyres he worked on, last longer than five laps, which bless him. I'm guessing it's because it's his first ever time in the championship, and of course... It's, you know, a very difficult, a difficult formula and a very difficult, you know, new format with R-Factor 2 and the way that the tyres have been working anyway. Fair play. You know, he gave it a go and he did the best he could. And that's really all you can say about it. Meanwhile, Ben Horrell, that was a little bit more surprising because he has experience of managing tyres. But ultimately, it was his runs, Casper, on the Ultrasoft tyre that cost him a really decent result.
2: Yeah, he... <sighs> Well, it was that, in if I correctly, he has done quite a couple uh, big mistakes coming into the pit lane as well. So
0: Yes, he did.
2: But, uh, what was it? I think it was two spins within a span of 10 seconds. <laughs> okay.
0: I have to say, fair play. That's hard to do. <laughs> that's really hard to do. Even I'm not sure. Probably could manage that. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's disappointing because that's Ben Horrell, and that's but... a driver that we shouldn't be poking fun at. But to be honest,
2: on the bright side, Ben Horrell has shown some absolutely great pace. Um, he was very surprisingly running in the middle of the top ten purely based on his pace. And yeah, he really I, did. I I think that's great because we have ha- we have been very disappointed by Ben. Let's be cl- uh, let's be clear and let's be honest. We've been very disappointed by Ben Horrell's uh, achievements this season. Let's put it <laughs> that way, yeah, or lack of, but lack thereof, indeed. Uh, but I think. Now, he has shown that he has the spark in him, and if he can keep this going for hopefully until the end of the season, there still is a chance for him to maybe have, a cha- uh, have another go
0: next season, and maybe, just maybe he can actually use it that time. Fair play to you, Casper. You score extra bonus points there for being a non-English person and using the word lack thereof. You definitely get (laughs) bonus points for that. You get bonus points for that. That's absolutely brilliant. Right, uh, Green Stripes Racing. I'll move on. Green Stripes Racing, still no points from them and only one car again. I'm seriously sending them my CV because surely (laughs) they need a second car on the grid for the remainder of the season. And this is potentially this could be potentially their last three races in the championship ben i, I can't see them making it into
1: 2018 uh, no quite frankly at the moment i uh, this has been a running theme ever since ooh, uh, valencia i think even when i got drafted into the car since the,
0: the since the late middle ages I <laughs>
1: exactly i mean the fact they had to draft me in the car is a testament of the severity of, of, oh, of this of this crisis, but um, sure
0: well, no, it, it can't be that it can't be that bad. They haven't drafted me in yet. Or really? touche.
1: <laughs> or Casper. Okay. Um, well, there we go. There's there's the lineup for the last few rounds. It's a sim news cut. Yeah. Um, I tell
0: you what, that's it. You, me, and Casper will just be the the drivers for the last three races in some form of rotation, and we'll do a cracking job. A
1: cracking job.
0: It is uh, is a shame to see though.
1: It is a shame to see because they are, you know, a team steeped in history. They've been. Around since you know at least 2011, 2012, kicking about there, and they've had some great, great results. You know they've they've always they they were a a, you know a middle team for a good few years. Unfortunately, Mm. sort of tailed off over the last year. But um, yeah, it would be a shame to see them go, but they're not looking likely to stay.
0: I was very very sorry to see the death of Arrows in Formula One in 2002. Mm. This is kind of the next. Arrow's death, isn't it? This is the GPVWC equivalent, which is a real shame. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we should look at the standings from the race. Rudy Van Buren from flow guy and Risto Capit on the podium, which definitely helped out Risto Capit. He now closes to within a point of David Fidick in the battle for the championships runner-up spot. However, one hundred and ten points clear with three races to go. Rudy Van Buren is the new champion, winning his tenth. Count them ten. Uh, races of the season he's only failed to win five times this year and three of those he finished second absolutely amazing season uh Florian Gaia is still ahead of Gergo Baldi in the points championship who just managed to overtake Lee Morris by finishing fifth position in the race Tyan is still climbing up the order and is actually only one point behind Bar de Vos, who's been in the seat almost as many races as uh, Tyan has over the course of the season uh, things are looking interesting for Alex Cooper. He could do with a few more points before he closes up on and then overtakes Lee Morris's total. And Fran Lopez, if he wants to maintain his eighth position in the driver's standings, he really needs to get back in the seat or David Franchic will take it off him. In the Constructors' Championship standings, well, it's game on. There's no other way to call it. Norton versus Vodbull, 13 points. That's it. So it is definitely game on for the rest of their season. Valters Automotive have pulled clear of Adonis now, who are only 14 points ahead of Hawkeye, who are only 10 ahead of Mad Cape, who are 26 clear of Red Archer. And even if Street Fighter gets a couple of good drivers in the car for the remainder of their season... It doesn't look like it's game over in the bottom end of the championship either. Although we already know we're saying goodbye to Woods Racing because they packed up mid-season. Green Stripes Racing, almost certainly going to be shown the door. Storm Racing and kernow Sport, definitely not safe. We're hoping Street Fighter are going to be secure for next year. But it's that point in the championship. It's silly season. Right, Casper, your best driver of the day. And I'm actually going to enforce a rule this time. I'm going to enforce a rule. You're not allowed to pick Rudy Van Buren. I've Ooh. said it. Here. No, no, no. Because well, that's a controversial. Given. That's, that's a given. Because we know Rudy Van Buren was the best. So I'm going to say he's off the table. You can't have him. It was his most dominant victory. It was his tenth out of fifteen. You can't have him. Who else mm. would you pick? Uh, it, it's
2: a tough one. There's, the race wasn't. Hasn't really. Well, there was no real driver who has shown any prominence in terms of I am going to get my head down and do my uh, the best I can this race, do the best, mm-hmm. except for maybe, to be honest, I think I'll take the second best nearly with Florian Geyer still in front of uh, everybody yeah. else. I, he, I mean, that is, outside of Rudy, which you have banned, he's the yeah. only driver that could, that is anywhere near being um addressable as the driver of the day to be honest.
0: did you hear the hatred in that you banned him you banned <laughs> him. Did you hear the hatred in that? it's controversial yeah. i mean it's I now know. the second best so <laughs> i know kasper coladijic who is the best you can't have rudy van buren who's the best
2: uh florian Geyer, i think honestly he is uh i i think he has uh shown the best of um of the rest of the pack outside of rudy and everybody has had some kind of a trip outside or rather they've had ups and downs and a lot of downs are overshadowing their race this time around so really florian maybe jarl those two drivers okay. are the only ones that i can really think about but honestly florian i think for
1: well keeping in front of race though more than anything what do you reckon ben I am actually going to give it to Ben Horrell because oh. I've been quite critical of him this season, and I do genuinely think, apart from the tire management, which can be worked on through setup, through you know just practicing with it, um, I actually think he he seemed to turn a corner. Um, he had some great race at the at the start mm-hmm. of that race, um, a cracking battle with Risto Capit, you know, for for the the that oh. start phase of the race. Um, and I think if he can continue that form, um, he's definitely got a good chance of staying on the grid next year. I'm not sure where, but he definitely has a, you know, a, a good chance of, of of being there, a, a good team. Um, and yeah, I, I'd like to see a bit more of that.
0: I'm going to agree with you. If I can't have Rudy Van Buren, I'm going to say Ben Horrell because the opening phase of the race was magnificent to watch. It was great to see a new face in amongst the big boys showing people what he could do. Okay, the setup of the car might not have been there. The time management may not have been there, but that's not necessarily his problem. and It's definitely not necessarily his fault. So, yeah, absolutely. I think Ben Horrell really showed us something pretty special. Uh, best team. This is an interesting one because on one side of the Vodball. Garage, you got a guy who went out and dominated. On the other side, you had a guy who was saving his bacon, as it yeah. were. Risto Capit really having to come back. So Ben, who would you choose as your best team of the race?
1: Uh, Wouters, well, I thought their performance was really good. I think P four and P five there is you know, that, that's the result they want. That's the result they got. So they've met their target there. Um, and as I say, their their form seems to be picking up again. It's really increasing, and I definitely think we should be we. We should be looking out for them next season.
0: Okay, Casper, any thoughts from your side? Well, I was about to say
2: the exact same thing. To be honest, (laughs) Valters. Yeah, I I think Valters is quite. It was quite clearly the most consistent of the teams this this race, and they're they're exactly where they want to be. And uh, to be honest, you know, they're in front. uh, Vodbull and Nordstrom are kind of the two teams that are so far away in terms of their knowledge and their speed at this point. That's kind of like what we see with Mercedes and Ferrari. No one can really touch... Well, now we, of course, have Red Bull, but especially at the beginning of the season, no one could touch them, not anywhere near. So I think that's kind of what we see with Vaudeville and Nordstrom in Super League now. And Vouters kind of did the best they could and you know, in front of the rest of the pack. And uh, at least they had both drivers do really well, I think.
0: Fantastic. I would probably say exactly the same thing. I don't see anybody really other than Valters Automotive warranting the prize. They, again, got two cars to the finish in the top five. They're doing everything they need to to score good points. There isn't anything else to say on that one. Right, worst driver. I'm going to plump a vote right in there for Frank French. Frank French! <laughs> you're a terrible driver. You can't even sign a contract before you get onto the starting grid. Terrible Frank French. Awful. No, no. Uh, <laughs> let's be serious. Gasper, worst driver of the race. Who would you say? <sighs>
2: Well, it's hard to look past. To be honest, I have a couple choices right now., yep. and one of them is the absolute disappointment that was Lucas Euler. Yeah, uh, he is. an he is, as we know, a fantastic driver. Very, uh, he has shown some potential, I think, at spad this season but the but here he was literally nowhere i i don't know what the problem was here was was he not informed quickly enough to uh, that he'll be driving for hawkeye mm-hmm. i'm not entirely sure the second driver, uh, the second driver i would consider would be an eric andre i mean yes it's it is a new car for you to race in but you, but you hopefully should have at least some kind of a an understanding of how to not destroy your tires in five laps if you're going to drive in Super League. As, you know, it, it's not up to par. He has scored a point by default, but uh, yeah, th- I don't think that's up to the scratch. However, I think Lucas Oder is a far bigger of a disappointment. So that's my worst driver today.
0: I turn to the man who is one of only six drivers in the 2017 season who has not scored a single point. Uh, ben Willis. <laughs> I <turned> to you. Sorry, I had to get that statistic in just for the pure comedy
1: value. Uh, ben, hey, you're not wrong. So worst, worst driver of the race. Um, I, the race. I I agree with Casper, Lucas Oiler. Um, yeah, it's it's a crying shame to see him not being up the front. Given you know how much history, how much talent we know he has. Right, maybe he's just struggling with our facts too. Maybe he's just struggling with the mod this season and. We could yeah. come back next year, and it's a different car, and, and he's suddenly back at the front. Who knows? I so.
0: I agree. I have to say, I agree. Lucas Oilette did not look like a double world champion out there. He looked like that was his first ever race, and uh, that's yep. a real that's a real thing to say about you know a double world champion. It's a real shame. Worst team, worst team. Who would
2: you say? Uh I I think honestly, in terms of the worst team, you can. I mean, can you look past, uh, past Matt Gabe there? is there anything you can just any way you can can justify the well clearly uh, they
0: clearly they need to hire better security guards <laughs> because, uh, I so. any, anybody anybody can just break into their pit garage and jump in a race car and go racing clearly it's ridiculous
2: yes but and again their second driver wasn't much better he was literally the second last the only one not just uh, not to do 11 pit stops and uh well be that far down so yeah, honestly,
1: Mad um,
0: Cape for me. Uh, ben, any arguments to that?
1: Uh, mine goes to Mad Cape, Kurnow, and and Stripes, all for fielding one car. Um, yeah. As a team manager myself in Super Cup, I make it my number one priority to have two cars on the grid, regardless of whether I know my drivers can score points or not. I don't care. As long as I have two cars there representing the team and showing we are committed, then I consider that you know the first objective ticked off. So the fact that we have three teams in the top tier who you know can't get uh, a driver for whatever reason in their second cars is disappointing, and that yeah. needs to change.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree, and I I would give it to all three of them for the exact same reason as well. It's a real shame because I really fancy the Green Stripes drive for the rest of the season. You know where I am, guys. You know where I am. Anyway, uh, we should uh, give you a little bit of interesting and exciting news. GPVWC day 2017 is on. It's happening. Whee! It's a thing. Yes. And it's the first weekend of December, the 2nd, in Antwerp in Belgium. So uh, get your cheap flights out there booked now. Uh, ben, you're going to be there. So uh, that will be exciting. So you can tell us all about uh, what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Certainly uh, will be. 2018 Super League teams and calendar is almost certainly going to be announced there. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some driver lineups uh, sorted out there as well. I'm going to try and fly out for the Sunday if I possibly can. I'm doing the best I can. Unfortunately, I have a prior engagement on the Saturday, which I do kind of need to be at. Well, if you told me about this four <laughs> four months ago, I might have done it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Super League. The conclusion of the season, three rounds to go. The next one is Mexico City. You need to have a lot of speed and a lot of downforce combined. This could be a real minefield in terms of strategy setup. So make sure you have a look at it. It's going to be a really exciting one. We're going to have, of course, a few more shows coming up. We've got uh, coverage of the GPVWC Super Cup. Ben and Casper is on that, of course, on the 18th of October. Danfoss UK's boys uh, are going to be handling things on Formula Challenge Front. That'll be a combination of uh, Dan Blake and uh, Josh Jones. It'll be a really exciting race, that one. Super League, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> Super League is what I meant to say. Super League will be with... Uh, A different commentator, Josh Anderson, will be joined by Elise Skinner that day. Unfortunately, I am not available for Super League in Mexico City. I will be in Spain that day. I will tell you why. Uh, hopefully on the next edition we will find out a little bit more about that interesting news then uh, we are back on the 26th of october do please uh, follow us on twitter at sl use the hashtag sl show if you want to give us a message or two and of course give our good old friends at downforce uk a plug as well not just being biased because i run the darn thing <laughs> at downforce uk thank you very much indeed for listening for once again a victorious podcast for Rudy Van Buren. My name's Jake Sanson. Those men over there are Ben Willis and Kasper Golodijic. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And with three rounds to go in the championship fight, is there anything more to check in on? Oh, yes, of course. Rudy Van Buren may be champion, but between Nordian versus vodball Racing for the Constructors' Championship, it's war, and there are three battles to play it out. I'm Jake Sanson. See you in two weeks' time.